Hello and welcome to episode 33, lucky 33 of year two of the Connect2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes pouring some coffee. Hello, Mark. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Life is interesting. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, Sometimes it's interesting good. Sometimes it's interesting bad. Well, what's that? Ja- that Sometimes Chinese, it rains. That Chinese curse may you live in interesting. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got some stuff going on. Some of it's really good. Some of it's you know Less inevitable good. challenges of life. But uh, you know what? I'm I'm I have to say I've already reached out a little bit to a network of people that I know, including yourself, and um, we're just getting a lot of positive support, and and you know that makes it all so different. So <laughs> exactly awesome, right. Yeah, absolutely. So. How about yourself? What's up with you? Um, just the usual. Lots of uh, I've actually got a fair number of shoots, and so that's been going well. And let's be clear, busy. we're talking photography shoots. Photography shoots. Not, I'm not uh, shooting people now. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So today's coffee uh-huh. is from Ace. It is uh, ace number nine. Ace number nine. Which does not have a ton of description. It is from Nicaragua and Guatemala. Okay. Uh, Ace, a local coffee roastery. Uh, Local here in Edmonton. Local here. Most popular coffee. Once created as a mistake, our coffee roastery is known for this tasteful crowd pleaser that Tastes excellent black or with cream. We love this coffee because it's low acidity, creamy mouthfeel, and rich sweetness. There you go. So do they create this blend in-house? Like they yes. take the two beans? They take the beans, they mix it up, they oh, roast see, that's it that's awesome. Their... I yeah. think that's super neat and scientific. Yeah. And... It's actually, it is quite smooth. It is quite tasty. Yeah. I, I find that um, I think the ones that are very high in acidity... They're probably they're a lot uh, the fruitier ones. They're a lot more difficult mm. to get a good brew out of. That is good. But if you do, they're great. Yeah. But uh, I think it's easier um, and more reliable to go with the more caramelly, chocolatey kind of those notes. I agree. Okay. Uh, if you're new to the channel, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, particularly in iTunes, where most of you find us. Uh, we talked about the coffee. What do you have for a dad joke? I'm madly looking for one. You start. Okay. <laughs> what is the difference between a piano, a tuna, and a pot of glue? What is the difference between a piano, a tuna, and a pot of glue? You can tune a piano, but you can't piano a tuna. <laughs> That's, that is true. And? And What? Well, the pot of glue. Oh, I knew you'd get stuck there. (laughs) I I like that. That's good. That's good. I I walked right into it. (laughs) My friend has got a job repairing ladders. He's working his way to the top. (laughs) Didn't you tell me about, didn't last week you talk about the stepladder? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Here's a couple good ones. My wife and I should do lunges to stay in shape. It would be a big step forward. <laughs> nice. How did the cyber criminals escape? They ran somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
They ran somewhere. Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. <laughs> like, who writes these things? People in a room. Oh, my God. Riffing on these. Killing your father is called patricide. Killing your mother is called matricide. So what's killing your best friend called? Homicide. Homicide. Nice. All right. One more. Okay. Uh, how does the moon cut its hair? <laughs> I don't know. It eclipses it. <laughs> right, okay. Here's one. Socrates. To do is to be. Plato. To be is to do. Scooby. Dooby doo. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> ah okay speaking of yeah we're gonna talk about when we talk media i haven't consumed it but i've heard of it so okay what did you learn this week Uh, what did i learn this week you're in training so you should be learning a lot yeah i'm learning a lot on uh on the uh the the business brokerage front Uh, what did i learn from a scientific perspective i guess they found another radio signal coming from like 8.8 billion light years away and uh that's all I heard about it, but uh, it it seems anomalous, so that's kind of interesting. And I'm I'm reading a book on uh, it's a, it's called Cheat the Ferryman or Cheating the Ferryman, and it purportedly about a theory of of what what happens to us after we die, but um, all of the introduction stuff so far is all about quantum physics and quantum mechanics, so quite fascinating stuff I knew, but a lot of it that I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, maybe I'll have more once I get further into the book to report on. What about you? Uh, a couple of things. Um, so apparently, there's a real problem with some of these big platforms, these social network platforms, mm. where if you, um, if if you get hacked, um, and you need to recover your ID. Yeah, it's a real problem. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So particularly Facebook. So if you think about Facebook, Facebook has 3.5 active users every day on Facebook. 3.5 billion with a B. Wow. And still they're losing money. (laughs) They're not losing money. Their value, their share value dropped. They actually are making money still hand over fist, despite Apple's best intents to try and limit their (laughs) ability. But apparently they have no customer service department. So if you have a problem and that's a great way to cut down on customer complaints. If you, if you get, (laughs) if you get your email hacked, they'll give you this link and you go to that link and you can try and get your, um, your, your account back. Right. But you can't actually talk to anybody. If it doesn't use the automated system, it's not 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 functional. You're out of luck. You're out of luck. And they have it's kind of it's not entirely an accident. And uh it appears that it's not at all an accident. Part of the issue is that you're not the product. No, that's right. The product is the ads. You're yeah. not the thing. Well, you're that the product. Is you, what they I say. guess you are. Yeah, kind you of, are the product. You are you're the, not the product. Customer. You're not the customer. That's right. That's it. Yeah, you're not the customer. You're not the customer. You're the product. Yeah. So, and they don't really care. They now, don't. there are some people that have built entire businesses that operate entirely on, on Facebook, and once you get to a certain size or um, uh, reach, 
you end up having problems because you get repeatedly targeted by hackers. Sure. So, um, yeah. So apparently there is, uh, they call it the oops network where basically, um, and it's intended for, um, it's intended for, um, uh, employees or contractors to be able to get their accounts back so they can actually go in and reinstate accounts. Right. Okay. Um, so this oops network is available. Um, but so the key is it's not just employees, it's also contractors. It includes like security guards and wow. like anybody that works for Facebook has access to this. So there's been some unscrupulous employees that have been trading that access to fix things to people and essentially even wow. hackers to try and help get people's accounts back. Isn't that crazy? Um, so the real problem, if you think about it, is that if you run into problems at Facebook, you need to know somebody at Facebook in order to get it fixed. And it's kind of a bit out of control. And they just fired a whole bunch of people. Yeah, so I mean, probably yeah. 12,000 or something? Even, it's insane. Even, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so if you work for the Oops Network, are you called an oopsie? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I have, I've noticed that this is increasingly the situation you get on the website for the bank or, you know, WestJet. I mean, you name it, like, and there's no phone number, right? Yeah. It's just not an option. There's no customer service. Yeah. And uh, you can get on the chat bot. Which is a bot. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I've actually managed on several occasions to like, I've done this with the government to find a number. And uh, so for instance, if you look hard enough on the web, you can usually find like the number to cancel something. Right. Right. And then I just, I phone that number and I just start talking about other things, my thing. And like nine times out of 10, the person who you've managed to reach gets you to somebody will say, Oh, let me connect you. Right. So yeah. if you're persistent, but it's still, but, but apparently Facebook does not have a customer service department. So it's not, all. you can't talk to anybody about it specifically because there. there's nobody there. Wow. Yeah. Hey, did you hear, speaking of, here's something I learned. I mean, yeah, we could go on and on about bad customer service, but did you hear chat, uh, chat uh, GPT got into the Wharton School of Business? The who? So they use the chat GPT yeah. bot to write an application, you got to do an essay <laughs> yeah, to get yeah. into the Wharton School of Business. And uh, they got accepted? it got in. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that ChatGPT <laughs> uh, has uh, successfully answered uh, a couple of SAT. Yes. Uh, a bunch bunch of different, different uh, exam style things. Um, so you show up for first day of class and you're sitting next to like some black box and you're like, what the hell is this thing? And they're like, this is your, this is your co, this is your classmate. Well, you think about it. The what, bot. What, who is AI going, especially once they hook it up with a voice system? Yeah. Who, who are they going to wipe out? Uh, the entire human race? No, every single call center. Of course. Absolutely. Like, like every single call well, center sure. where these people are earning like, minimum wage yep. or just above minimum <clears throat> wage and yep. they're going to be wiped out. So all of these call center facilities in Nova Scotia and in India and all of that stuff, they're just going to be replaced by a chat GB, GPT. And, and going one step further is apparently 
my understanding is within the next few months, um, like maybe beginning of May, um, Microsoft will be launching a chat GPT based search engine on Bing. Oh, their attempt to bring their, Bing back from the brink. And apparently Google is having a, having a fit. I bet. They're, they, they've, I mean, Google has been pretty good, but you, you have to work a particular way and they haven't done any innovation. They've sure. kind of just gotten used yeah, to it. Yeah, they've just kind of r rode the wave. Or, uh, yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of innovation going on yeah. there. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's on the horizon. So when you search, you're going to get actual answers to questions rather than kind of look at these three websites. Sure. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So here's that. Uh, now, I guess part of the challenge with that is I guess that, you know, it has written a few essays that are very convincing sounding, but when people who know what they're talking about read it, it's like, well, this is complete garbage. Yeah. I mean, it's well formatted. And so there is that you got to still be a little bit due diligent. Um, speaking though of the Wharton School of Business, there was a really funny meme because when this came out, for some reason, people started posting pictures of Kim Kardashian standing by the side, like the, uh, there's a, at Harvard Business School, there's like, they have like a, it's not a marquee, but you know, one of those, it's almost like a sculpture, you yeah, know, yeah. and like people were, were mocking her, right? Ha ha ha, you know, but then somebody <laughs> posted this, Kim Kardashian made $80 million last year and the average Harvard uh, School of Business graduate makes $175,000 a year. Do you think maybe they're letting the wrong people in? And I was like, oh <laughs> man, snap. snap. Right? Like, like her or not, she's not a stupid person. No. I mean, she's a very smart She presents a particular person. uh, personality. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she is fairly shrewd. Yes. Um, and she surrounded herself with people that enable that shrewdness. Exactly. Work. That's right. Um, okay. so today we're talking about SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So That's when, right. when you're in business, there is a, 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 an incredibly useful tool is to do a SWOT analysis. So, um, the, the strengths and weaknesses basically are kind of an internal evaluation of where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. Yep. And then the uh, opportunities and threats um, are basically the uh, external challenges. Exactly. So uh, where is our opportunity for growth or uh, developing more market share or whatever? Yep. And uh, what are the threats that could uh, screw you up? Exactly. Um, I'm and just involved with an organization where we've gotten uh, – a SWAT uh, done, although they renamed it a SWAC, which I have an issue with. Um, <laughs> instead of calling it threats, they call it challenges, a, which is so euphemistic. Extra couple thousand bucks <laughs> for that proprietary. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and, yeah. I, and I've had I've had quite a number of SWAT analysis done yep. um, over the years. They've all I've always learned something. I've mm -hmm. always found something useful in it. Um, I'm sure you did a few of them i've done i don't know maybe over a hundred of them over my mm -hmm. career as a consultant right yeah and i think i did one or two for you absolutely yeah um and i'm teach so part of the the management intro course that i teach we we teach the students to use a number of tools and swat is definitely one of them um so it's it's a ubiquitous tool what's the best what's the main advantage of it 
Well, the main advantage of it, I think there's a couple things, but you got to apply it the right way. And and over the years, I've learned that most people do not apply it correctly. Okay, um, so the the main advantage, first of all, is it's it's reasonably easy to understand. Right. right? It's it's plain language. Um, sometimes these consulting tools get a little bit esoteric, mm-hmm. and when you're dealing with a client who is not a graduate of business school, they sort of go, what? I like, I don't get it. Right. Yeah. Like what's, this? An, what's an EBITDA? Yeah. 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 Or we do, we'll do like, um, there's the Boston consulting matrix where you, t- you know, stars and dogs and cash cows and SWAT is pretty easy to get your head around. Like you said, strengths, internal weaknesses, internal opportunities, external and threats. Right. Um, so I like it because it's straightforward. It's best if it is, you can represent it in, in a graphical way. Like you can use a, a four by four um, like matrix thing to represent it, you know, in written form and then expand on it. But here's the thing where I think a lot of people fall short. If you don't take it further, if you just list these things like a laundry list and you're like, okay, here's your strengths, blah, blah, blah right? Like a passive document. That's really only the first step because what you need to do to make it more effective, to make it more valuable is you then need to start looking at the fit, right? Because there's always trade-offs. So something that is a strength may kind of be almost creating the weakness, okay? right? You know, because you can't, you can't be everything to everybody, right? right? So for instance, let's say you are a, one of your strengths might be high quality product, right? Because that's the that's the niche that you've taken on. Mm-hmm. Um, low cost, you may identify as a weakness, but it's sort of not. It's correlated to one of the strengths, right? Well, because you have the 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 what is it? The three legged the three legged stool, right? right? Which is uh, quality, speed, and price. Ex- exactly. Now that works for a widget. How does that relate to like um, services? Well, it actually relates a lot to services. Um, well, I think you read David Meister years ago, yes. right? He was the, he was, I think he's still alive, probably retired now. So he was like the grand guru of professional service firms. He had this really great model that I've applied to different professions, but mm-hmm. he used it around law firms, you know, in, yeah, in one yeah. of his books. And he said, look at it this way. There's, you can categorize a law firm's a law firm's a law firm, right? They they generally like from the external, they do the same they thing. They look the same right? from outside. But you can put them on the spectrum. And at the bottom line, he had, and again, bottom only for visual purposes, no judgment here, right? He had what he called procedural firms. Right. right. So for instance, if you took a real estate, real estate trans- transaction. Yeah. Like uh, just tran- conveyance. Exactly. Conveyance. Right? One lawyer, probably a lot of paralegals, right? Yeah. And then there's all these knock-on um, consistencies, likely located outside of a city center mm-hmm. uh, because going to their office is not really a big deal, right? Maybe yep. they're in a strip mall, yep. right? Low cost and then high volume, high volume of yep. repeatable stuff, right? So you get really good at the process. Right. Okay? Um, in the middle range, he you have what he would call uh, gray hair firms. So these would be general practice law firm or architecture or right where you're like, okay, our shtick, our value proposition is we have a lot of experience, right? So it's like, we've done this before, Mm -hmm. right? And this might be, you know, fairly high priced, 
um, nice office, right? And they do general, you know, it might be litigation, corporate commercial, right? And they, they, they'll do transactions, whatever, right? But they're really good at the higher end stuff, yep. but they're not the cutting edge innovative firm, right? right. So if you have, like in example, um, like a new um, financial instrument that you want to develop, you would not go to that kind of firm. You'd go to what he calls the brains firms. Okay. And the brains firms is almost the opposite of the procedural firm. At the brains firm, you'd have very few non-lawyers. You mm -hmm. might have like, let's say you got three or four partners. They all be high experienced lawyers. They might have one admin person mm -hmm. because all they're doing is dreaming up, you know, deep analysis of the law, pushing the envelope, coming up with new innovative stuff. If it was an architectural firm, it might be the firm that's, they don't even really do the design, but they'd be like, oh, you know, we're looking at new products in Japan or we're, we're applying uh, um, AI to architecture, right? They'd right. almost be like a consultant to another architectural firm, but they're right. highly specialized, right? So to the non- uh, not, I don't want to say educated to the, to, to the, the layman, to the lay person. It's like, well, law firms, a law firms, a law firm, architects and architects. But you're not going to go to a brains firm to get a real estate. Right, exactly. Where firms get into problems if they don't do a good SWOT analysis is if you start to chase too broad uh, of the spectrum, mm -hmm. right? If you're a procedural firm and somebody comes in and says, Hey, you know, would you do a, a like a litigation? the smart procedural law firm is going to be like, nope, not our business, right? It's not what we do. Uh, that would take so much of our time, effort. We're probably going to do a crappy job. So we're going to refer you to somebody who, who's really good at that. We're going to stick to our knitting, right? right? It's those firms in the middle that tend to be the worst, I think, You're offenders. To be a bit of because they start already. to stretch a bit. And it's like, well, hey, we could do this. When Bob over there has gotten really good at yeah, doing this. Right. Right. And But you're not going to give Bob... A real estate conveyance. Right. And so to bring it back to the SWAT, this is where the tool has value because it, you look at it from a standalone. So somebody might do an analysis and come and say, hey, there's a really good opportunity in, I don't know, whatever, right? Some area of, of your industry. Mm -hmm. so, okay, great. You got to pull back then and say, how does that fit with our current strengths? You know, is there alignment? Um or is it something that would we would have to like, you know, strengthen a weakness in order to be able to do that? And then what are the trade-offs? It's like if we start chasing that opportunity, are we going to basically swamp the boat? Or are we going to take our eye off the ball of what's making us, um, you know, successful? The same thing with threats. Yeah, there's threats in an industry. That doesn't mean that they are equally threatening to every organization. So you have, again have to use that that kind of trade-off thing. And then the other thing that I think people have, they used to say, you know, uh, fix your weaknesses. Uh, this would be even in personal development. I don't know if you're in personal development books yeah, back yeah. in the eighties, it used to be like, find your weaknesses and work on them. I think the new school of thought is like identify your strengths and put emphasis on that and then avoid things as much as you can that, you know, um, activate your weaknesses or, or at best mitigate those, but don't try to spend a bunch of time getting better at something that really doesn't create any value for you. Right. That, that idea of you have to be, 
good at everything. It's like, no, we're not good at that. Don't do it. Right. And if you absolutely have to do part of it, outsource it, figure out a way, a workaround, but don't invest a bunch of time because at the end of the day, there's only so much energy, time, focus, right? If you're, if you're trying to fix these weaknesses, your, your strengths will start to diminish, right? So that to me is the thing. You take the SWAT. Yeah, the first step is identifying all of these separate things, but then you really got to look at it at a different level. But even say, from the, the consultant's SWOT analysis, they really need to, there needs to be a bit of a prioritization of, 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 you know, this is a really big weakness that you probably want to consider. Absolutely. And, and mitigate. This is a, a strength, but is, you know, this is your biggest strength. This is right. your least big. You need a, a relative prioritization of, you know, where your biggest opportunity is. So just listing them isn't useful. Not at all. Yeah, exactly. I always joke about that with students because, yeah, you're absolutely, I love the way you're putting that. You've got to prioritize them in relation to what? In relation to your competitive advantage, right? So sometimes the the example I'll use is, let's say you are in the, I don't know, pick something. Uh, customer service. Yeah, customer service. Or let's say you're in the... No, no. So, so this particular is for a facility that is right. uh, run as a service. It has some really big strengths. It has some weaknesses associated with it as well. Um, and there's lots of external threats going on. Okay. Part of the part of the reason for doing it was to evaluate the threats, right? And how we should respond to it. And uh, the report was a bit disappointing because it yeah. was just, and and I know it was just a draft, but it was still pretty disappointing because it felt like a drive by. That's what you're saying. Like they didn't really dig into. Yeah. So when I was, uh, and uh, so I, I realized not everybody understands the, the drive by report. When, we, when I used to do fire investigation, <laughs> uh, when I used to do fire investigator, there was fire investigators that would go in to the fire scene, dig the whole thing out. Yep. Totally. And analyze and evaluate. And there were other ones who were a little sketch and they would literally drive by and says, Oh, I know what caused that. And then they keep driving. Right. And you still get a report. Uh, and, but it was, and it would, there would be some pictures, but it would be literally a drive by yeah. report. That, Boilerplate stuff. Now and, I would say most fire investigators don't do that, but right. there were some. A few. Well, like when we used to do those uh, facility evaluations oh, for same thing, uh, yeah. condo boards and whatnot. There was right? just cut and paste from the yeah. last. We um, always, sometimes they didn't even <clears throat> change the names. That's of, right. Yeah. So the firm we worked for, we had a pretty good reputation because yep. we'd go in, we'd spend like half a day or a full day. Lose money like mad. Lose money like mad, but you got a good a, a good product. Yeah. Um, which again, that's a great, that's another example, right? Um, you might think you have a strength, but if the market is not willing to uh, pay for that, it doesn't really have much value so i always like the, the, i'll talk about filing i'll say like if your company has nothing to do with like filing is just an administrative function yeah but you're like really good at filing it's not really a strength it's like who cares like nobody's paying now if you're a, a document management company and you're really good at keeping track of stuff then that would be a, a that would be an advantage to the market Right. But if you're just like a, you're a dentist and you're like, have you seen our file system, man, it's state of the art. You're like, yeah, okay. I'm not sure what the extra value is. Right. Well, exactly. The other thing, and this was always kind of funny 
and engineers were really bad for this, is listing things that as strengths that are really just table stakes, right? I think they've gotten better, but I remember we used to, I used to laugh. You'd, you'd check out an engineering uh, firm website and it would list like what version of AutoCAD they're using. You know, we use the latest version of AutoCAD in all of our designs. And I always used to say, that's like your dentist saying, we sterilize our instruments, you know? <laughs> you think, who doesn't, right? Yeah. So, okay, wait a second. There are people that don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, to me, that's another important part. Does the strength matter to the people who are going to pay us money? Well, an engineer is or, or it might be to your staff. A, just doing lists. They yeah. just, everything is a list. There's yeah. no description. There's yeah. no pizzazz. That's terrible. Yeah. You look at any engineer's website. Oh, yes. I mean, it's pretty common that the, all you get is a list of everything right. they've ever done, which is not very helpful. No. Well, we were joking about um, bad marketing firms. Same yeah. thing, right? That will come in. And a lot of them, a lot of engineering firms that we were associated with or that I've had as clients have hired a marketing firm yeah and it's the same thing you look at the website and you're like it looks nice you know they got Pretty. the graphic design people yeah. and but you read the content and then you'd be like well what happened well they came in and they asked us to tell us what we do and they put it on our website it's like okay so well, it's, like, it's like i have messaging I... core you know like the core message where's all of that oh yeah well they didn't offer it for well, it's us. It's right? the same thing with the, well, so I'm a photographer, right? And I really notice when you go to a website and um, those people don't work there because <laughs> they're from the stock photo. Oh, absolutely. Like, like stock photo has its place and it also doesn't have its place. Yes. Like, like, man, oh man, you, you're like, it's really cool. There's a, there's an injury law firm out there called James H. Brown. And if you drive by any major artery in Edmonton, yep. you will find a big billboard. Right. And they've got a, they've got all of their people listed. Yes, the actual there. people. Yes. What I find a little weird is I know about I know about, you know, a third of them. Right. And I've met them. I'm going, sure. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That know, is cool. Kinda I cool. remember they, they always used to have, like, they would dominate the yellow pages yes. back in the day. Back in the day when there right. was yellow pages. Yeah. Well, they're still around, I think. I mean, well, you got to ask yeah. for them special. Well, and I think it's it's mostly an online thing, which yeah. is not a... I know. I still get the book. Really? Uh, you I've, get... I recycle it. <laughs> uh, now that I'm in the brokerage business, I'm thinking, damn, I wish I'd kept that last copy. Uh, but it's getting thinner and thinner. Maybe. And there's no more white pages. The white pages what? are gone. Yeah, they've been gone right? forever. So the yellow pages, the last, I think it was 2018 I got, maybe 2019. And it's only about a half an inch thick. Well, the interesting thing oh, is it's there, much thinner than it used There's to no be. white pages, but there's no way to look up people anymore. I know. Like... It, well, reverse 411, or but it's pretty hit and miss. Yeah, it's very hit and miss. Yeah, that is a cell phone in Edmonton. Yeah, great. Well, and there's no, <laughs> there's, there's no landlines, and people are abandoning all their landlines. We're thinking of getting rid of our landline because we realize the only people that use it are telemarketers around dinner time. Like, yeah, what well, we, we rarely answer our landline. The landline has two purposes. It is the line that basically our internet rides on. Right. And the second thing is, it is the thing we use for all of these loyalty programs. It's that phone number that you put in. Sure. And I'm going, smart. You know, if we if we get rid of our phone now, somebody else will have that. And we'll go to Homes Alive and somebody else will be trying to get our discount. 
Oh, right. You know, it's kind of like, that makes sense. You have to go change yeah. all of those yeah. somehow. But yeah, so just to go back to the swap anyway. thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be used. It's got to be a, an effective tool. Just doing a list of, you know. Anything. Well, yeah, without any context. And, and that's be. what my students will do often. Now, they're students. I'm not paying them a bunch of money to do this, right? right. In fact, the fact that they kind of screw it up is a learning opportunity. Um, to be honest, we also, when we do these cases, we also use three other tools. And what, then I'll teach them how to do them. What are the three other tools? Uh, Porter's Five Forces, which kind of builds a little bit on on the SWOT analysis, goes a little bit deeper. Okay. Uh, stakeholder analysis, which is really useful. What's that? So stakeholder analysis. So in the old days, the belief was an organization really only was beholden to one category of people, the shareholders, right? Okay. It, was, it was, this is the, um, what the hell's his name? There was a particular economist that came up, Friedman, Milton Friedman yep. in the late seventies wrote a paper and it's like, companies should only worry about shareholders. Uh, yeah. You know, profit, right? We've evolved to understand that first of all, that's kind of an evil world to live in, but also there's all these different groups that can either have certainly are impacted by your business and can also have impact on your business, right? You tick off a bunch of militant, whatever, right. Who start boycotting and, and, and flaming you on it on, on social media. That's not good for your company. So right. you, you identify all of these different categories of people, employees. Yes. The shareholders management sometimes, are the same as the shareholders if it's a publicly traded company generally not right customers suppliers right and when you look at it uh but then you go even further the government right company let's say the city of edmonton wants companies to come establish here good for the tax base you know blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, the general public if you're a b corp or a little bit more progressive you might even include something like future generations right you map all of these different groups and you try to figure out what their interests are, right? Because sometimes there'll be an opposition. Shareholder wants to make maximum dividends. Employees would like to get paid more, right? right? Customer wants to pay less. Supplier would like you to pay them more. So there's all these different groups who, and the idea is you try to, A, first of all, identify who you have to most pay attention to because some stakeholders will have less influence Right. But you maybe want to keep them informed. And then there are people who are closer to it who, you know, really need to keep happy. Right. And then you get a bunch of trade offs. Well, then you can take the SWOT analysis again and kind of map it onto that and say, how do our strengths, weaknesses, you know, uh, help us to address the different stakeholder needs? Are there some of these stakeholders that represent a threat? Right. So let's say you're creating a product that is making a bunch of people angry. Um, that could be a threat, right? They might come get a campaign going or, right? So again, it, there's more of a nuance to it, right? So that so that that's... Um, so a SWOT analysis combined with a stakeholder analysis sounds pretty powerful. It is powerful, yeah. Uh, Porter's, you look at, again, it's sort of a power model. You say, okay, well, let's, first of all, uh, um, structure of the industry. Yeah, yeah. Right. Is it highly competitive or is it an industry that is dominated by one or two massive players? Let's, let's say telecom right now. Right. Mm -hmm. If you want to start your own cell phone company, 
it would probably be kind of insane. Uh, you'd have to definitely be niche, right? Right, right. Uh, whereas if, let's say, and I often use cannabis, it's starting to consolidate. But when it first came on, anybody and everybody could open up a cannabis shop. And there's there no clear... Lot, there are a lot of cannabis Yeah, shops. there's no clear winners or losers, right? So it's a different strategy. Uh, strength of the buyers. So if you have a commodity that they someone can purchase anywhere, the buyer has a lot of power, right? right? Uh, suppliers... Same thing. If you need a thing from a particular company and they're the only one that mm -hmm. you can buy it from, in essence, you they you become the buyer, right? Um, yeah. If it's single source, they have a lot of power. Right, right. right. Um, substitutability. Is your product something that people can only use your product? Or can they, or can they do they have a lot of options, right? Okay. So for instance, um, a lot you see that a lot in the in the in the um, beverage industry. Right right beer all the different other beers are would be a drink. direct competitor yeah, yeah. right but wine is still a spirit you know hard liquor and so you have to take all of that into account yeah 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 Fascinating. and then i'm trying to remember what the fourth tool was you think i would know this off the top of my head tool or fourth force the fourth um the fifth force fifth force substitutability what did we say substitute supplier customer uh, industry. What the hell's the fifth one? I'm gonna kick myself later. I'm like, oh, who's this? Um. Well. Uh, oh. Competitors. Competitors. Yeah. Okay. And then the fourth tool that we use, I'm trying to remember as well. So we did stakeholder, SWAT, porters. porters. Man, you think I would know this? <laughs> These are very, this is very I'm, useful. I'm very, uh, I got a lot on my mind. Hey, well, I have a question. Is there, <laughs> is there a good resource for people to go to, to try and find out more about the SWOT analysis or, or this? I mean, this is basically, what is this? Um, an evaluation of, it's basically the landscape. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a, a generic, generic description or I don't way know. you well, would, like if you were going to Google to try and find out, learn more about this. Where, right. would, you, where would you Google? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, you know what? I'll look into that and we okay. can post it on the website. Nothing comes off the top of my head. Okay. Right. Uh, Cause I learned this stuff years and years ago. Right. But uh, you probably yeah. haven't had to Google it. I haven't had to Google it. Right. No, okay. So, but yes. bottom line, you know, if a consultant just gives you a list of stuff, say, I, I don't think I'm going to be paying you. <laughs> or give them a list here's the list of all the reasons that i'm not paying you <laughs> but about as much detail as the list they gave you because i mean what's the value of that and okay. I, in fact you first thing you said to me we didn't learn anything new yeah from so this. We, we we had retained this this consultant they did this swat swat analysis that they renamed and um absolutely nothing in it was new right and, and it's uh shockingly disappointing <laughs> that, uh, well, I, and to be honest, I mean, I've used the SWOT analysis, but I've never taken it as far. And right. clearly, there is lots of opportunities to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely, it's it applied well, like a lot of tools. Applied well, it's powerful. Applied poorly, it's just it's, uh, it's, it just sits on your exactly. Um, you've probably heard that adage, and this consultants. I mean, there's some really good consultants there, and I've worked with a lot of really good consultants, and I always considered myself to be a good consultant. Um, but there are some people who, who are not, and there's that old adage, 
uh, a consultant. What is it? They you pay them to tell you what time it is by borrowing your own watch. <laughs> and you know there is sometimes there's value in in telling an owner or a, a client the truth that they may not necessarily want. Like they kind of know they don't want to necessarily admit. But there's also a lot of value in bringing new information, new insights, stuff that if they, you know, if they could do it themselves, they would probably do it, right? So just telling them what they already know, boy, that's that's pretty table stakes, bottom line. Telling the time by borrowing know. their watch. Yeah. I like that. Uh, <laughs> supporters five forces are competitive, competitive rivalry, supplier power, buyer power, threat of substitution, and threat of new entry. Oh, that's the one I was missing. Threat of new entry. Yes. How many, is it an industry where like, for instance, like we we're saying cannabis, when cannabis started, um, you know, all you needed was a supply and a lease and boom, you know, and a fancy name and you're in business, right? If you look at like the liquor industry, and I often use this in Edmonton, there's a lot of consolidation. There's some really big players now and you might be able to open a boutique and in fact, that would be the strategy. If you wanted to, someone came to me and said, I want to open a liquor store. Uh, there'd be two options, I'd say. You can have like a mom and pop liquor store in an unrepresent, like an unserved area. But you're probably not going to be all that profitable. Right. Or you could find a niche that the liquor world and Ace Liquor are not going to serve mm -hmm. or even the Liquor Depot. You know, you could be into craft beers, but you'd want to add like a beer club or a newsletter, you know, really find those aficionados or it could be single malt scotcher, but some narrow niche and say, you can go to liquor depot, you know, and I got some of that on the, on the shelf, but you're not going to get your questions answered, you know, where you can come here if you're a single malt and we have like, you know, 800 different kinds, you know, small, small, probably stock, but, you know, this is, we live, breathe, and that's how you'd compete right. in, in a, in a dominated industry. Whereas like I say, if it's the first time, like right now, you know, we're talking about AI, all these AI companies, nobody's really taken the dominant position right now. Right. So they're all kind of. Well, my understanding jockeying Google scene. has their own AI that they haven't released because they're scared to release it because they thought it would disrupt themselves. Wow. And uh, because they, and because they have worried about disrupting themselves that gives the what is it threat of entry yes of, uh, of, so microsoft, microsoft is is taking that opportunity now the fact that they're telegraphing it before they, they release do it. it seems to be a bit because that gives the other guys an opportunity to shore up their defenses. yeah you kind of wonder what unless the, there's the been unless, unless there's been a leak and they figure we're better to get out in front of it. I mean, they invested right? some crazy amount of money into uh, OpenAI, which is the the firm, right? To that uh, did Chat GPT, and apparently That's Chat Go GPT Google did. No, um, Microsoft. Microsoft did. Oh yeah, because Google has Google has their own. It has yeah. a name. It has a name. It's an internal, right. but they have they use it internally, but they do not. They have not released it. Would it be great if the if the Microsoft AI and they pair it with a voice thing, and it sounds just like Bill Gates. Hi, <laughs> it's Bill Gates here. Ask me a question. What they really need to do is team Hi, up Bill with Gates. Mor Morgan Freeman. 
you know <laughs> oh man that would be so good i saw a thing speaking of morgan freeman this was and i, I didn't catch the company but it was just like it was on facebook <clears throat> and i stupidly refreshed and it's gone it's like oh damn yeah. it it was a guy speaking in real time so it's a split screen so he was speaking at the bottom white guy bald you know and above was morgan, morgan freeman, freeman you know, Morgan Freeman voice in real time. And this is a, a an AI generated facsimile of Morgan Freeman speaking in his own voice with like, well, an imperceptible delay. There must have been like a, a, a fraction of a second. And I was like, wow, like that is like the implications of that are, are astounding. wild, right? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's and not pre-recorded. It's, that's well, the other thing. It's like it, real time. Yeah. Well, th that's the thing. It's difficult sometimes even to tell if they've done that or if they, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Elon Musk uh, with Tesla, they had done a, a, a demonstration a few years ago, like in 2019 of the self-driving car. Mm. And apparently it was faked. So it wasn't, they weren't, it was a pre-planned route. Of the course. The obstacles were already known. So yes, the car drove there, but it was not a right. random, just drive around the corner. Kind of thing. <laughs> so that was about as successful as the, as the throw the baseball at the unbreakable glass demonstration. <laughs> yeah. So Elon Musk has his strengths, but he also definitely has some Actually, significant weaknesses. I just, again just to spark for me i saw a guy and i didn't dig into it but he was claiming that his parents this might have been on on twitter have were scammed twenty one thousand dollars. this is apparently a new emerging scam and he's claiming that whoever these scammers were they used ai to duplicate his voice oh, and no. he phoned his parents well they phoned his parents using his voice and, and got them to told win. a whole story about these were elderly folks, right? How you needed money and he was in trouble. And, and of course they said, Oh, you know, whatever you need. Right. And he transferred 21 grand oh my. to this, um, these scammers. And, uh, so he was putting out the word, like raising oh the alarm. God. This is the new scam. Um, so right now by putting out this podcast, we are in essence making ourselves vulnerable. Someone could easily, sample a bunch of our shows get the ai to totally learn our voice and um and duplicate it and, and duplicate uh, it and uh, be making crank calls well i mean it's <laughs> i mean it never has it been easier to move money yeah uh electronically um but that means that's really not hard to move money exactly. that you don't want moved so we're all gonna have to come up with like passwords <laughs> yeah well last pass got hacked. You know. Yeah, no, but I mean like no, like, no, but like so, real time, like flash, thunder. <laughs> long, I wonder how I wonder how long on D Day that lasted before the Germans figured it out. Oh, they say flash, I say thunder, they'll shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that was super interesting, um, uh, and hopefully uh, I will have some interesting links to add to our Facebook post next, yeah next yeah week look see if i can find some some sources but um and uh so what kind of media did you consume in the last little bit i haven't really watched any a lot of new stuff um i am planning on starting to look at the last of us because i've been hearing really good things about it 
Did you watch any Peripheral? I haven't watched Peripheral yet. You know, I've just been so busy. And then Hunters 2, Season 2 of Hunters is coming out, which is on... Uh, I think it's already out. Yeah. Um, and I, Season 1 was really good with Pacino, so I think Season 2 would be good as well. And I guess, uh, spoiler alert, I guess Hitler is still alive in Season 2 of Hunters. So he's the, the guy they're chasing. Um, no, I've been reading, some, been reading a bit. And... Um, yeah, just dealing with uh, stuff that's coming up. How about you? Well, I, um, I've i been watching, uh, trying to get back into Dark. So one of the things, Dark is super complicated. Oh, yeah. And what that means is... Is it Dark? Well, it, it's it's this German show, and it's, it is it is very complicated. Um, hard to describe. Uh, it is, and I don't know where it's going. But it uh, the best shows are like that. It's one of these things where you, you actually see the characters in three different time frames: nineteen fifty three, nineteen eighty six, and twenty nineteen. Same so, characters. Same characters. Different actors. So they have different actors that look kind of similar, right? And they keep tying them in, so you know who they are. Interesting. But there's a lot of characters. There isn't a single. Um, there isn't a single protagonist. Um, so as a consequence, there's, um, it, it's, uh, challenging cause we kind of stopped for a bit, kind of got interrupted. Life got interesting right? and, uh, tried to get back in and we're going, who is that guy again? Is that guy, this guy? And sure. so, and so we rewatched a couple of episodes. It is super well done. Yeah. Um, I have no idea where it's going, but it is, <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's a bit like lost. You remember lost? I do. So it, it, it has that lost feel to it where things are happening. They're not explained yeah. as you go on. They get a little explained, but then there's new mysteries and it, there's some characters you go like, that's a bad man. <laughs> that's interesting. There's a show that captivated people and, you know, there's some series where it's clearly that they've laid it out yeah, yeah. from start to finish. Like The Expanse, right? We were, yeah, we were yeah. talking about that. Well, it's based on a book. Yeah. So. But Lost had that feeling of we're kind of making it up as we go and we're not really sure. I think it did. I think <laughs> that's the problem because <laughs> at the end, of the last year is a dream. What? Yeah. Well, it wasn't, a, it was kind of a dream. And, uh, well, they were all in purgatory or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's the same with, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Because Battlestar Galactica, true. the last season, kind of like the answer to a whole bunch weird. of things is kind of like, this is just stupid. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed Battlestar Galactica. I always thought it was really good. And it's really interesting because sometimes when you watch, like if you watch any TikTok, and I don't know if you ever do, um, there are a lot of movie clips in TikTok where right. people will have taken snatches of interesting uh, clips from movie and I I'll watch these and I go like yeah I remember watching that movie it's a really good movie and I'm going why don't I watch that again mm -hmm. you know and, and it's one of the things I think you lose when you don't watch uh, regular TV is that there is a TV show on right like you yes. you flick on to it and on showcase or something like that they'll yep. have a um, a TV and you go like yeah this is really good you'll you click on it and then you watch the rest of it yeah whereas if 
it could be sitting on your shelf or in your streaming service or whatever, and right. you never think to click on. You go, I already did that. Yeah, and you yeah, kind yeah, of forget yeah. how good that how was. good it was. Yeah. Well, speaking of what look does look good, uh, season three, the, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Oh my god, just around the corner. I'm just going like so. This is the way. Yeah, Bo-Katan is back. He's going back to Mandalore. Yes. This is, I am super, I'm super pumped about it. Our people are scattered across the galaxy like stars. Yeah. It's like, it should be good. This is, it's got the right kind of gravitas. And then she says, she calls him, Bo-Katan calls, uh, calls him Grogu's dad. (laughs) Did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? I'm like, dad, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I bet you Grogu's older than the Mandalorian. Um, the other thing I watched, um, my son really wanted me to watch some anime. I have been more anime, well, some anime, and uh, <laughs> I was I started my neighbor Totoro, which is very cool. But I think you have to watch it in a complete sitting, so I have not done that. And then there is, it's a very famous anime. It's like 20 years old, and it apparently stands the test of time. If you go to any Japanese store, there's always My Neighbor You were mentioning stuff. that, yeah. Um, but uh, my son wants to uh, wanted me to watch this thing called uh, uh, Tomodachi Game, mm. which is a 12-episode anime. It's a little anime. bit like a Squid Game, you were saying, isn't it? Yeah, it is a more complicated than squid game in some ways but it is very much it has a squid game feel to it yeah um where um anyway um the 12th episode definitely a cliffhanger and so much talk i mean talk 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 very complicated right. threads and uh the big thing for me is that uh, my son wants to find the manga trying, oh sure trying to find the manga is Tricky, tricky sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, are you gonna watch Milf Manor on the Learning Channel? <laughs> I don't know what that. Is. <laughs> you don't know what that is? No. Okay. Well, this will be the perfect end. Okay. So TLC, which a lot of people are now like, they really need to rebrand because yeah. the L is supposed to stand for learning. Have released a new reality show like last week, and people are first of all, people are pointing out that um, Thirty Rock satirized this years ago okay uh they were going to do a, a a reality show called milf island and people were like haha satire milf like yes okay so milf manor this, i don't know it's 20 like, or some odd it's like big brother for with, with well milf? here hang on this is the part that there's a twist right and they were saying there's a twist you won't believe the twist uh so there's 20 some odd women who were probably in their 50s or in and around that, right? They would classify as that word. And apparently they're all going on about how excited they are to be having sex with all these young 20-something old guys, right? Here's apparently the twist. The 20-something old guys are the sons of these women. Of the other women? Of the other women. Oh, my God. And so there's all of this shenanigans around. So it's Milf Manor or maybe Cougar Cabin. Yeah. And so on social media, people have been like, this is the worst. We have finally hit rock bottom, which, of course, I doubt we have because someone will come up with something stupider. But it's like, wow. So that's where place you're wondering what the what, what TLC is up to these days. It used to be home renovation and all that. Yeah, this is what they're doing. The low channel. Yeah. So I'm not watching it. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Cougars and their cubs. 
Oh, see, <laughs> they should have hired a better marketing company. <laughs> Although, let's be honest, I think the M word is what's really going to be the the draw, right? Oh, yeah. Don't Google it. <laughs> if you don't know what it means, yes. Don't Google. Or if you're going to Google it, go to the public library. Google it there. <laughs> Yes, you don't want because then, then you keep start the getting ads yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Keep the motor running on your car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, that sounds like a wrap. Uh, have a great week. Thank you. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.